Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Luke chapter 17, verse 3 and 4, the message is entitled, Dealing with Other Sin. <laughs> Dealing with Others Sin. So verse 3, I'm always the last one there just to give you extra time. 17 verse 3, Jesus is speaking here. It begins this way. Pay attention to who? Yourselves. That is, you know, when it comes to dealing with other sin, Jesus says, first and foremost, listen, we need to pay attention to ourselves, <laughs> to our own lives, to our own sin. That is, you know, we need to confess our own sin. We need to repent of our own sin. We need to clean out our own hearts so that our hearts are right. We need to submit our own wills to God so that we're not operating when we go to speak to someone else about their sin, that we're not operating from selfishness or our sinful nature, but we're filled with the Spirit so that when we go to speak to them, our motive is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And so love should be the controlling major factor of everything that we say and do. It should permeate the environment of our gestures, our eyes, how, how our tone of voice, the time what we pick, the environment that we pick. We should go in a, a spirit of, of gentleness, not harshness or, or criticalness. And of course, gentleness is, is also a fruit of the Spirit. And so Jesus says, first and foremost, when you're thinking about going to speak to others' sin, fill this in in your notes, the first point he makes is, do judge yourself first. <laughs> do judge yourself first. Get yourself in line first. Verse 3, Jesus continues. If your brother sins, what? Rebuke him. Now, another fruit of the Spirit that we should consider here, and uh, hopefully you see a pattern here that, you know, walking in the Spirit is absolutely essential for healthy relationships. You, you want healthy friendships. You want a healthy marriage. We want a healthy church. We, we have to be walking in the Spirit so that it is His fruit that is coming out of us, right? So another fruit that we need to consider here is the is the fruit of patience or the fruit of long-suffering, it's called sometimes. That is, listen, we, we can't be keeping a record of all the little fences that come our way, you know, as we interact with people. We have to forbear a little bit with one another. You know, we, we can't keep track of all the pettiness, all the things that kind of bump us wrong, 
We're not to be too sensitive. But listen, when someone does sin against us in a significant way, we are to speak the truth in love. That's Ephesians 4.15, right? That we speak the truth in love. That is, we, we, love doesn't go tell everybody else. <laughs> that is, don't talk about them, talk to them. You might write that down. Don't talk about them, talk to them. Love also, listen, doesn't avoid it. It doesn't avoid the issue because, listen, if you avoid the issue, you know what happens next? You start avoiding that person (laughs) because there's stuff between you. And so, listen, we have to learn to shoot straight, to be straight with one another. And so the first thing that Jesus says when it comes to dealing with other sin is, listen, we need to judge ourselves first, but second... He says, do rebuke others' sin. Do rebuke others' sin. Boy, oh boy, does that sound countercultural today, right? I mean, if you love someone, you're going to speak into their life, right? You're going to want to confront someone if you love them. Listen, as a dad, I've had the opportunity the privilege of rebuking my children many, many times. And listen, by God's grace, they they have received it because they trusted me and they knew I loved them. and, and, And that is totally by God's grace. Parents, pray, pray, pray for God's grace. And listen, my wife has rebuked me. (laughs) And I don't always want to hear that. But I receive it. Why? Because I trust her and I know that she loves me. And so if you love someone, you're willing to take that risk. You're willing to speak into their life. Well, turn to Matthew chapter 18. This is Jesus is speaking about this. And Matthew's account gives us a little bit more. It's the same account, but he adds some things Uh, to it. Matthew chapter 18. It's just back. It goes Luke and Mark and then Matthew. Matthew 18. And so Jesus gives us here a process, a three-step process that's intended to help you resolve an issue if if it is needed. And so here's the three-step process. It's found in verse 15 through 17. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. Verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him, what? Alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. That is, you know, step one is we are to go to people privately, and work it out there. And listen, 99% of what we have to deal with should happen right there in that process. In fact, Luke just records that step. 99% should happen right there. And oftentimes, 
you know, it's a misunderstanding. Oftentimes, we just need to let the person respond back and say, man, I didn't mean that, or I did. Please forgive me. It should happen right there at step one. But listen, sometimes step one fails, and so Jesus continues, verse 16. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. That is step two. You know what? Sometimes they need to hear what's being said from someone else. For whatever reason, maybe a hard heart, maybe they're just blind to it. They just can't quite receive it from you, and, the, and they need the help of others speaking the same thing, speaking truth in order for them to see, in order for them to hear, in order for God to break through with what is trying to be, trying to be spoken into their life. Well, sometimes that fails, and so Jesus says, there is a step three, verse 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. That is, step three is for a very, very hard heart. Step three should be used very, very sparingly. But it's for a very, very hard, it's a very serious issue because now you are involving the church leadership. Now you're involving the church leadership to come in and speak into that person, to, to, to speak into the issue that is on the table. And listen, hopefully that person listens. But if not, if they are unteachable, well then Jesus says, there's a break in the relationship and ultimately with the church. Because they won't allow anybody to speak into their life. They won't allow the authority of the church to speak into their life. So they're, you're, you're not a part of what is happening. I've seen this process work well and seen God, you know, it worked well at step two and not have to go to step three. I've seen it go all the way to step three and people respond. And, and so what happens there is there's greater love and there's greater unity and there's spiritual growth. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when people follow Jesus' way of doing this issue. But I've also seen this process um, mixed up a bit or kind of ignored a little bit. For example... Step one doesn't even happen. It starts with the offended person not going to the person privately, but going to everybody else publicly. And they get their little posse going to, you know, to communicate their side of the story because what they're worried about is their image and what everybody else thinks of them. And so they get their posse going, man, I can't believe they said that. Man, I can't believe they did that. And they got their posse and then that posse attacks that person. They attack that person around the community. Or listen, that posse freezes out that person and ignores that person. Or that posse 
leaves and divides the church or all the above. Because there's an issue there. there. There's an issue that is unwilling to be resolved, unwilling to allow people to speak into it. Or, for example, I've seen step one and two is just kind of skipped over and it's hopped, you just hop directly to step three. That is, you just go directly to an elder, officially or unofficially. And by unofficially, I mean you just talk around them in their presence and kind of throw out little jabs. You know, you throw out little bait to see if the elder will bite and ask you about the issue. And when I find myself in that kind of scenario, I just say, so have you talked with the person personally? Well, no, they're not going to listen to me anyway. No, I don't know what to say. No, I was too upset. And so my response to that is, man, I totally get that. I, I, I totally understand that. I can relate to that. But listen, that's not the way of love. And that's not the way that Jesus has told us how we operate with one another in love and resolving an issue. Well, turn back to Luke chapter 17. Jesus continues there. Luke chapter 17 again. Hopefully you held your finger. I forgot to tell you. Luke 17, verse 3 again. It continues. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he, what? Repents. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me start by talking about what repentance is not. Repentance is not getting caught. It is coming clean. You might write these down. They're not in the notes if you want to. But repentance is not getting caught. It is coming clean. That is, if I come to you with a sin, but you know there's more. What do you need to tell them that you haven't told them yet? Repentance is not minimizing. Repentance is not minimizing. Well, you know, nobody's perfect, but I'm sorry. Well, you know, it could have been worse. You know, so-and-so did this. That's squirming. That's not repenting. Repentance is not blame shifting. Well, yeah, I did that, but you made me. Yeah, I, I did that because that's what you, you did this. You, you made me mad. You, you weren't meeting my needs. You... Well, listen, that may be things you need to talk about later, but first, you need to own up to your sin that they've come to you about. You need to repent of your sin. Repentance is also not making excuses. Well, you know, I was tired. Well, you know, there are circumstances. No, again, maybe contributing factors that you can talk about later, but don't excuse it. Take responsibility for your sin 
first. That is, repentance says this, you're right. I sinned, be specific, whatever it is. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And listen, then repentance says, I'm going to stop doing that and relate to you in a loving way. Well, Jesus continues. Verse 3 again. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, what? Forgive him. That is, Jesus is pointing out here, when we go to a person, if we're going to go to a person about their sin, we better be prepared to forgive them. We better be ready to forgive them. That better be our goal, that our goal is reconciliation. Our goal is to deal with the sin that's between us that the enemy is using to try to divide us, to deal with that stuff, listen, that inevitably comes up when sinful, imperfect people are in relationship together. It's just a given. We are going to bump up against each other. We are going to sin against each other. And so we must deal with it rightly, godly, in order, listen, in order that we might love each other in order that we might grow in that love for each other in order that we might stay together that is the point of Jesus instruction here and so we better be ready to forgive we're not going to vent we're not going to be right we're not going to make our point interestingly enough in that passage we just read back in Matthew 18 following what we just unpacked, Jesus actually tells the story of an unforgiving servant to make his point about this. And that story goes like this. You know, Jesus said there was a, a servant who had an enormous debt, a debt that he could never pay back in a hundred lifetimes. And so the master, in his mercy, forgave this servant of that debt. And as soon as that servant left the presence of the one who forgave him, he went out and searched for a man who owed him just a fraction, just a fraction of what he owed. And he took the guy by the neck and he said, pay me what you owe. He didn't forgive him. And so the unforgiving servant was judged. And so Jesus' point to us is this. If we have been forgiven, and we have, of a debt that we could never repay in a hundred lifetimes, then how can we not forgive someone who has offended us. Forgiveness is the heart of Jesus. Jesus is the supreme example, you know, on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they 
They know not what they do. Well, real quick, I'm not going to develop it fully tonight just because I don't have time, but I always feel like I need to touch on it a little bit and talk about what forgiveness is not just because this whole area of relationships, there's, <laughs> there's so much misunderstanding and dysfunction today. I just feel like I have to clarify a bit and say this, you know, forgiveness is not excusing the other person's sin. You know, when you repent, you can excuse it, but you can excuse it for them. Repent or forgiveness is not excusing their sin. You know, you know, that's just Jack. That's just Jane. <laughs> you know, no, that's just wrong. Sin is sin. It applies to everybody. It's not just so-and-so. It doesn't work that way. And listen, we do that because we don't like conflict. We're trying to, we're, we're trying to smooth over the, the rebuke. We're trying to you know, make it a little bit more palatable. But the problem is, is we don't deal with the issue fully, and so we still carry some bitterness and resentment because we, we're just trying to make it better without really unpacking what's there. In a similar way, listen, forgiveness is not denying the hurt. That is, you know, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Now, that may be true. There's smaller things, and, you know, that's, that's perfectly the truth. I don't want to say that's, you know, that can be a truthful statement to not make a big deal out of nothing. But oftentimes, again, it's people who don't like conflict. And so they want to conclude it as fast as possible. Say, hey, it's no big deal. And, and they really haven't dealt fully with what's inside of them because they're afraid of conflict and they want it to stop. And again, now you have bitterness and resentment in your heart. You still haven't cleaned things up between your brothers and sisters and you will be divided and you have now allowed Satan a foothold in your heart, in the heart of that relationship, in the heart of our church. And it divides us every single time. Forgiveness is not forgetting. That's a popular one. Listen, we don't get amnesia. Forgiveness is deciding, saying, I am not going to bring this offense up in the relationship again. I'm, I'm not going to bring it up again. Forgiveness ultimately also is not denying the fact that there are consequences to evil. It's not failure to pour out forgiveness and consequences. not the same thing. Sometimes it's appropriate for there to be boundaries. Sometimes it's appropriate for that person to be fired. Sometimes it's appropriate for that person to go to jail. Sometimes it's appropriate for there to be church discipline. I can forgive you, and you still have consequences. Here's probably the biggest one. Forgiveness is not blindly trusting the person again or restoring the relationship to the way it used to be. Because listen, trust is earned, right? And so depending on 
the issue, it may take longer to, you know, reweave the fabric of that trust. And, you know, maybe the relationship won't ever be the same again. It takes another healthy individual in order to make that happen. Verse 3 again. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And what? If, if he repents, forgive them. And so I highlight that if because so what do you do if they don't repent? <laughs> what do you do if you go and they're like, mm, I don't care, you know, or I don't agree or whatever. What do you do if they, if they don't repent? Do you forgive them? Yes, you forgive them. Listen, you take that hurt, you take that offense, and you release it to God. That's what God tells us to do, to release it to Him, give it to Him, and say, God, I forgive them. And God says He will take care of it. And here's the key. I have to trust Him too. I have to release all that hurt and, and, and sense of fairness. Say, God, I, I trust you to do what is right. I forgive them. I release them to you. I trust you to do what is right. And listen, you do that as many times as it takes till you don't feel that hurt or that bitterness when you hear that person's name or that situation comes up. And so depending on the depth of the hurt, that takes different amounts of time. But listen, you can't hold on to that hurt. You can't hold on to that offense because you want God's peace in your heart. You want God's life in your heart. You want God's joy in your heart. And if you hold on to that, you will block that in your life. And so listen, that's why God wants you to forgive. You hold on to those hurts. You hold on to those grudges. It not only divides you from people, it divides you from God. It cuts you off from your power source, from your love source, and it puts you in bondage, and you just keep hurting yourself over and over again, and that person that hurt you has moved on. They could care less. And so God wants you to forgive. Listen, for you, for your heart, for your freedom. Jesus continues Well, first, the third point I forgot to give you. Do forgive. Fill that in. Do forgive. Do forgive. So when it comes to dealing with other people's sin, listen, first, do judge yourself first. Second, Jesus says, do rebuke others' sin. And third, do forgive. Verse 4, and if he sins against you, how many times? Seven times in this day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must what? 
That is, the number seven, if you don't know, is the number of perfection in the Bible. And so how many times are, are we to forgive someone before we say, you know what, not going to do it no more. <laughs> uh, they, they're tap, I'm tapping out. How many times are we to forgive them before we give up? Jesus says, never, never. You, you keep forgiving whatever it takes. Forgiveness is the heart of Jesus. It's the way he wants us to live. And, and so listen, the point of his instruction is this. That's the only way you're going to have a healthy marriage. That's the only way you're going to have a healthy home. That's the only way we're going to have a healthy church, right? I, I mean, is there, is there a non-sinner in this room? And so we have to deal with this stuff rightly. And so Jesus has given us a way. And so if we relate to one another with humility and grace, even grace working through this process because we might not do it perfectly, and we really love each other, if, if we want to grow in love and if we want to stay together in our home and in the church and thus be the testimony for Jesus that we're supposed to be, Right, what's our greatest testimony? It's supposed to be love. If that's going to happen, then we have to live a life of forgiveness. Otherwise, we won't have God's love in our heart. We cut ourselves off. We won't have love in our home because there's a ton of stuff we're not dealing with. We won't have love in our church because there's tons of stuff we ain't dealing with and people will fraction off left and right when it gets too much. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.